This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. Ooh, must be the season of the wind. Must be the season of the wind. Must be the season of the wind. Hello and welcome to yet another episode in the Oz Movie Geek Halloween Spooktacular. I'm your host, Pato, and today I'll be covering Rob Zombie's 2022, The Munsters. Yes, one of the most talked about films of 2022 and not for good reasons. The film debuted a trailer back in July and the internet just went wild. And it was pretty crazy because I feel that 99% of the people who were complaining about the trailer hadn't actually seen The Munsters. Now, a lot of the complaints weren't specifically about the adaptation itself, and Rob Zombie does tend to rub people the wrong way. Uh, where you sit in terms of how you feel about some of these movies, uh, it's a whole other subject. It really just depends on, I guess, you know, if you like the the gratuitous, if you like the grindhouse vibe that he sort of gives off. He, he's an interesting filmmaker and he's not made two films that feel the same. Um, and whether or not that's a compliment, it's really up to you to decide. Uh, but in terms of his adaptation of The Monsters, it was something that I was interested in seeing, mainly because of his involvement. It's not something that he would normally do. Like, he's not really a... Um, yeah, he's not really... Um, synonymous with children's films to say the least but it was interesting to see him um you know tackle something that he's obviously very um in love with you know something that he thinks quite fondly of uh his film dragula is a, a reference to the monsters so it's interesting to see him tackle this project and in terms of the film's quality uh it, it was originally slated from what i understand for a cinematic release but Instead, the film did go straight to uh, 1440 Entertainment, which is Universal, straight to DVD studio. So the studio that helmed all the Tremors, uh, straight to DVD sequels, the Scorpion King, straight to DVD sequels, uh, the Dragonheart, straight to DVD sequels. It's that studio. So it was interesting for me to see that because the film itself uh, has quite a substantial budget uh the reports of it were that it, it cost uh, reported like around 40 million dollars now i don't know how accurate that is because even when watching the film outside of its sets and costume design i can't really see where that budget would have been spent so take that with a grain of salt i don't think we'll ever get a definitive answer of how much this film actually cost to make uh but yeah uh, it, it was one of those things it just swept the internet and everyone was going crazy over it now 
commenting on the trailer itself, uh, it was a poorly made trailer. Now, I don't know what Rob Zombie's involvement with actually creating the trailer was. There were some reports that he edited it himself. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I can't find any distinct answers to that. Um, the trailer itself, yeah, was really poorly put together. But I feel that the movie itself, uh, you know, some of those issues, like the, there was some really poor audio dubbing in the trailer and things like that and some of the really cheap-looking uh, plug-in effects and uh, text scroll and that sort of thing. All of that is is gone here. Uh, the film definitely does have its issues, which I'll get into, but... Overall, I actually quite enjoyed this movie. Uh, I don't really understand the hate. I don't think that it deserves the hate. I think Rob Zombie's done a pretty good job here of creating what a modern Munsters film would look like. Uh, the cast are actually all really good, which I will get into, of course. But yeah, this isn't a terrible film. So it's quite shocking that that first trailer is our introduction to this new Munsters. Um, because yeah, I don't think it deserves the hate. But without further ado, let's just get stuck into this one. So take it away, trailer. Rob Zombie, the director of House of a Thousand Corpses, Halloween and the Devil's Rejects brings you the greatest love story ever told. I, I don't like the sound of that. Think of it. The brain of a super genius transplanted into the body of a perfect physical specimen. <laughs> I want a man that makes my blood run cold. A man that every time he enters my crypt, it's like a stake through my dead black heart. I can whip the upper humpy down in the lamp. Oh, no. Remember what happened last time? He was battered. I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm looking for a vision. A queen. True love. And what exactly do you want? Is Herman Munster in there? Uh -huh. I knew the moment I laid eyes on you that you were special. I understand if you don't feel the same. I'm just a regular gal living a boring, normal life. If there's one thing I know, is that the rest of the world melted away as soon as you appeared in my life. It seems Miss Lily is truly in love. Oh, come on, you know and I know that we gotta get rid of that bozo Herman Munster. <laughs> <laughs> Transylvania. That's a strange way of saying hello. Oh, I guess we're gonna have to get used to it. So The Monsters was written and directed by Rob Zombie and star Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily. Uh, we have Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman. 
and Daniel Roebuck as the Count, and the film is a reboot of The Monsters. It follows a family of monsters who move from Transylvania to the American suburbs, essentially, um, chasing the Hollywood dream, and that's sort of the second half of the film. The first half is really just a love story. Um, we get the introduction to Herman and his, uh, I guess, creation into life um, by Richard Brake, um, who is a regular in a Rob Zombie film um, playing... Um, Orlock or Dr. Wolfgang. Um, and then we have George Garcia, a.k.a. Hurley from Lost, um, as Floop. And the two of them create Herman and, I guess, become his parents. Um, Herman is a kind of a rock star in Transylvania. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombies Lily falls in love. Uh, the two of them get hitched. And then uh, Herman signs away the deed of the house. They end up rocking up in America, looking to start life over. And that's sort of where we're at. Um, and that's where the film leaves us. So uh, the film is very sporadic. And in terms of the actual structure of the story, I think that's probably the film's weakest part. It seems to just jump around a lot. And it can be viewed as a benefit, especially if you are a fan of the Monsters TV show from the 60s, uh, because the film does sort of play like a sitcom. It feels like four distinct episodes of a sitcom, which is completely fine. Um, I, I feel that this wouldn't have played well in theatres. And I think probably for that reason, it does feel very disjointed. So whether or not this was ever slated for a theatrical release, uh, it was never in Universal's release schedule. So I don't know if they were a little concerned. Um, I don't know if they viewed it as a, um, let's give Rob Zombie as much money as we can and see what he can do with this property. If it turns out okay, then we pop it in theatres. If not, it can go straight to DVD. Um, and that's what they did. They... they uh, they release this film simultaneously on Blu-ray and DVD in America and on Netflix on the same day, September 27th. Uh, and yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I don't know what the whole saga is behind it. And I feel like, you know, a, a making of documentary would be really fascinating just to see what that side of things was. Not necessarily the making of the film, um, but, you know, the, the negotiations that went on behind the scenes. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, the way that the film sort of plays out it, it really uh has a fondness for these characters and you can tell that rob zombie really does like the monsters and i feel like their personalities from what i've seen of the monsters and again i'm coming at it from a pretty um uh, i guess absent perspective i haven't really spent much time with the monsters outside of the odd episode on television i i honestly don't know too much about them um, their theme song is pretty synonymous in pop culture in general, um, even being uh, sampled in uh, the 2015 um, track by Fallout Boy, Uma Thurman. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, it's um, the, the monsters sort of dropped away. And I feel like it's because the Adams family was on around the same time. So the two of them were competing with, uh, I, I think the monsters originally actually debuted like, um, I think it was like two weeks or something before the Adams family did. So, they were in production around that same time. It's one of those uh, studio battles that you hear about, you know, like with Bugs Life and um, um, and Ants, like in 1996, 90, 97, um, 98, whenever those two movies uh, came out and you had uh, The Olympus Has Fallen and um, uh, um, whatever the other one was, uh, White House Down, I think it was, both of those in production around the same time. It's one of those things, I feel, where... Um, maybe one of the studios, you know, gained a bit of insight that one of these was in production um, and came up with a very similar concept. 
um, because the, I guess, looking at the design of the monsters' characters, that they're, they're very much um, a take on the classic Universal Pictures uh, characters, and, and that's that's on purpose. That's exactly what they're meant to be. So we have um, Herman, who's clearly a take on Frankenstein. Lily, who's the bride of Frankenstein. Um, we have the Count, um, which is obviously Dracula. Um, and then we also have uh, Lester, who is the Wolfman. So it's interesting seeing um, that, I guess, in the modern modern perspective, especially with Werewolf by Night coming out a couple of weeks ago as well um, and comparing the two in terms of, um, I guess, modern retellings of classic tales as such. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see um, the monsters in, I guess... It's still set, I believe, in the 70s and the 60s, just judging by, um, you know, the lack of technology and the fact that they're driving around in older cars and whatnot. So I feel that that's still intact. But seeing a modern retelling of this as well, um, there was reports that the film was going to be graded in black and white. And when those original set photos were released by Bloody Disgusting and Deadline, they they looked really good. Um, and the, there's two black and white sequences in the film that are actually a lot of fun. Uh, including a recreation of the original, um, I guess, opening titles and, and um, theme music at the end of the film, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a really fun sequence with the the monsters arriving at their new property, um, and it, it's overly stylized, and I, I actually really liked it. Um, Rob Zombie's, uh, I guess, take on a, a lot of his films is to use those um, very vibrant colours and to use uh, saturated colour palettes. And he uses that here, but I think it works quite well because all the sets are incredibly exaggerated uh, to the point of absurdity, but they're still a lot of fun. And I think that's the main takeaway here. That's the thing you've got to look at. Is this movie fun? Yeah, it, it actually is a lot of fun. Um, it's 4.6 uh, rating on IMDb is just not fair. I feel like that's people reacting to the trailers. And if you read a, a lot of the comments... Uh, yeah, that, that's all those people watch. They didn't really watch the movie. So um, I, I'm not saying those the people who genuinely dislike this film are wrong. That, that's completely fine. And I can understand how this film would rub you the wrong way. I wouldn't show this to my friends um, because I can just see them saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. Um, but from someone who is a fan of Rob Zombie and who admires when a director... Um, has a, a clear vision um, and, and a passion for the source material that they're adapting, I feel that Rob Zombie was the perfect person to do this, mainly because of his affection towards the material. Uh, you can really tell just just by the way that he directs even the, the performers, and you can tell that the performers uh, are doing a really good job here. I was incredibly impressed Um not being as familiar with Daniel Roebuck um, a, a, as an actor. So seeing him in this movie, I was like, yeah, this dude is actually really, really good, um, as the, not just as the Count, just as an actor in general. I was I was shocked. He was fantastic here. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie as well, uh, not being a huge fan of hers, and I, I don't want to comment too much on the fact that I feel like a lot of her work does come from the fact that her husband uh, is a, a big wig in the studio system. But I feel she was quite good here. She was exaggerated and over the top, and she did it really well. Um, I got really annoyed with her in the Firefly uh, trilogy in particular. Uh, she gets more irritating as the films go along, especially in Three from Hell. She's, like, like near unbearable. Um, 
and because her character itself is so unlikable in those films. But I feel like she was she was quite good here. I, I, I did enjoy seeing her on screen. Now, I wouldn't say that, you know, she steals the movie. She definitely doesn't. She's the weaker out of the three. But uh, given her track record in other films, I, I thought she was really good. Um, and, and that's not to say I've hated her in, in anything. I, I actually quite liked her in the um, in Rob Zombie's Halloween films. I know that they are quite divisive, and I'm not going to get into that here. Uh, but I actually quite like her in those films and um, Lords of Salem, which I still high like hold as Rob Zombie's like his best film. She's really good in that movie and genuinely good. Um, so I feel like she is a talented actress given the right material and she might even have a, a bit of an affection for this character as well. Uh, but I did really enjoy her in the film. I thought she was a lot of fun. Uh, and in terms of Herman... Herman makes it or breaks it for you. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, another regular in Rob Zombie's filmography, um, plays this character, uh, I guess recently seen in in Westworld, for those who are Westworld fans. Um, And I think he's pretty good here. Um, I I actually kind of like Herman. He's a lovable doofus, and I think he's actually quite enjoyable in the film. Um, He's giving it his all, and... Whether or not you're you're on board for it, it's really up to you. But it worked for me. I thought that it was quite entertaining. Um, in terms of the production design itself, like I mentioned, I actually quite liked a lot of the set designs. They feel very cheap, and they feel like they're they're like for a play. Um, it gives that stage play vibe, and I think that's because of the use of smoke and 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 that sort of thing. But I actually, quite liked the the set designs. It was refreshing to see something tangible um with a lot of these bigger budgeted films uh and and i guess it's a bit unfair to compare the two but in a lot of big budget films there isn't a real set there it's all cgi so when you're seeing a film um with you know really colorful characters and, and some impressive prosthetic makeup and and costume designs it was nice to see them actually on a real set rather than a cgi background uh so i actually really enjoyed that now, in terms of whether or not you watch this film with your kids, I would say that you can. Um, it's definitely more for adults just based on the sense of humour. Uh, the film did get a couple laughs out of me. There's a great sequence where there's a Halloween party when they move into their new their new um, property and they're all having a ball and it cuts between the three characters and keeps cutting between the three of them. Uh, and the Count is drinking what looks to be just like a, a an alcoholic beverage, um, you know, it's red in colour. Um, we cut to him a couple times of him drinking this beverage and it's just the dialogue that he's spitting out. He's saying, um, he goes, this is the worst tasting blood. Like, this this is awful. And that just made me laugh, his reaction. Um, Herman telling jokes as well in that sequence was quite a bit of fun. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed those moments. I also found it quite enjoyable when uh, the Count's trying to um, create a spell so that Lily doesn't fall in love with Herman. That stuff's really fun. And some of the, the dialogue between Herman and uh, the, the Count is also really fun. There's a really good sequence when Herman first meets the Count, comes over for, for dinner. Um, it's this awkward dinner where um, he's trying to impress the Count, but the Count's just not having a bar of him. Uh, I really enjoyed all of that. A, a lot of that sort of humour works for me, that that fish-out-of-water sort of humour. Um, the Born Yesterday like gag, it's been done before, but it, it's funny here. Uh, and yeah, I, overall, uh, I enjoyed this movie and I'm not going to apologize for it because I know that a lot of people hate it, but 
hey, I actually thought it was quite a bit of fun. Uh, the Munsters is quite hard to watch here in Australia. I actually had to buy my Blu-ray from Amazon. So you can pick it up from Amazon, but I'm sure that we'll get a copy of it at some point because it, it was like the best-selling comedy there um, on Amazon for quite a quite a while, like three weeks. So uh, people were watching this movie. So hopefully we get a, a better Australian release, maybe um, widely on Netflix. I'm not entirely sure. There's nothing slated on physical media at this stage, but I guess we just wait and see what happens. But if you can watch it, go out and watch it. It's a lot of fun, especially this time of year um, around this Halloween period. I feel like you will get something out of it. Now, in terms of the quality of some of the aspects that I talked about, it's obviously not top tier. It's a straight-to-DVD movie, but there is something to like here. So definitely check it out if you haven't already, um, and if you can, um, yeah, just try and track down a copy. Um, but yeah, that brings this episode to a close. So thank you again for listening. Make sure you check out my other episodes that I've done for this Halloween Spooktacular. I've only got a couple left. Um, it's winding down now for the month, but I've had a really good time talking to you guys about some of these picks. Like I said, a lot of them are more modern movies and it's just the way it worked out this year. There's a lot of uh, great horror content or Halloween themed content out there at the moment. So had a real good time actually, you know, being able to talk about some of these movies. Um, if you have any horror movie suggestions um, for me to potentially review on the podcast, uh, you can message me at OzMovieGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter, or you can uh, send me an email, OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. That's OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate your support and, and all of your, your feedback as well during this time. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts very shortly. But until next time, peace out. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. Season of the witch.